probably ranch dressing while speaking French. <laughs> Although I don't know a lick of French. But... <laughs> so he doesn't like ranches. Got it. All right. <laughs> Tech Hockey Guide presents the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the CCHA with your host, Tim Brown, Rob Gilreath, Dustin Lindstrom, and Matt Cavender. Welcome to episode 19 of season 5 of the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, presented by Tech Hockey Guide and recorded from the state of hockey. I'm Tim Brown, your host, and I'm joined this week by Rob Gilreath. Hey guys. And Matt Cavender. You already know who it is. This week as we prepare for uh, Bowling Green to visit Michigan Tech this weekend, we reached out to the play-by-play voice of the Falcons, Kevin Peel. Did I get that right? Yes. Yeah, I got to ask you before on, we started guys. recording. <laughs> yes, uh, absolutely. Yeah, wish the best to both teams. I do just the home games in terms of the streams, but it's okay. going to be a, a lot of fun to see how it all pans out uh, up in Houghton this week. All right. Uh, let's see. This week we'll talk about uh, Bowling Green season thus far. Prepare for the series uh, in Houghton against Bowling Green. Uh, recap Michigan Tech's successful trip to Mankato, and probably touch on the state of the CCHA. Anything else I'm missing, guys? No, I think that sounds about right. Maybe Matt will have a positive word to say about uh, the Wild this week, as uh, their goalie decided to buck the NHL and do whatever he wants and not get fined somehow after all. I mean, my out. favorite story about the wild this week is that they lost to the Red Wings and then fired their coach. That is unlimited ammo for me forever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I know you hate them, <sighs> whatever, but yeah, but yeah, definitely good on Flurry for that, but moving along. <laughs> all right. We'll take a brief message or we'll take a break. Listen to a little bit of thank you notes and a brief note from our sponsors and we'll be right back. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Do you work in manufacturing, product design, or product development? Is your business trying to improve efficiency while also producing at scale? Livonia Technical Services can help. They provide world-class quality improvement training and consulting for failure modes and effect analysis, product development, and cost reduction. All things that could help Northern Michigan assemble a competent defense. If you think your business could use a prevention mindset and reduce manufacturing costs, a partnership with Livonia Technical Services might be right for you. Check them out at livoniatech.net. That's L-I-V-O-N-I-A tech dot net. We fund everything a tech hockey guide from listeners like you. You can show your support by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash tech hockey guide. Whether you're interested in question priority, access to patron only Zoom chats with coaches and players, instat deep dives, extended versions of the podcast, unedited video or audio, early access or commercial free listening, there's a level for you. We also now have 15% discounts off annual memberships with tiers ranging from $2 to $50 per month. Again, sign up at patreon.com slash techhockeyguide. All right, welcome back, Kevin. How exactly did you get into being the play-by-play guy for Bowling Green? 
Yeah, it's uh, when the whole CCHA TV uh, deal started. So when the conference was formed, they really made an effort to to try and make sure that at least schools were set up with the opportunity to kind of simulcast or radio broadcast and have that video stream. Or in this case, at BG, they really wanted to ultimately set up a uh, a TV broadcast, and then the students still call the games on the radio, uh, which is which is nice because that is uh, BG's had a very successful program with regards to students, uh, you know, making it even to the next level as broadcasters. Uh, so it was uh, very cool uh, for me. I graduated in 15. And so for the last uh, several years, uh, finishing up really just my seventh year on the sideline for football, uh, I've been doing that on the uh, radio broadcast, and then I board up the uh, men's basketball games. And so when this all started, uh, the opportunity to to jump on and, and call hockey regularly, I was calling mostly just high school hockey at the time, but to to jump in and, and call Bowling Green and, and CCHA games and, and whoever Bowling Green was playing as, as a whole, that was uh, an amazing opportunity. It's been such a blessing. Nice. And you, and you mentioned kind of in the opening there that you, you, because the students do the radio that you only do the home games. Yeah. And they, they kind of changed things up because, uh, and in part, I think it was COVID related, yeah. uh, but the, uh, the hockey broadcaster used to travel and was typically a student, uh, but they used to travel uh, with the team, but things kind of changed up with, with COVID. And since then they, they've really not gone back to that. Uh, okay. But I do know uh, too, you know, it's a bit cyclical. Uh, so when I was a student at BG, uh, one of the, the uh, guys I was going for the lead job as the the play-by-play guy on the radio and uh, the guy who got the job when I was going for it uh, was a, a guy by the name of Evan Pivnik. It was an amazing town. He went to the ECHL and now is in the AHL. So he's doing uh, a fantastic job and has really made a, a career out of it. So certainly... Uh, the the level of talent uh, that we've seen throughout the years uh, has has remained pretty stable. You know, just trying to keep those those younger students engaged um, and and finding guys to call hockey can be a bit difficult because it's such a a, a fast paced sport, such a unique sport. Uh, so at times maybe you have uh, a, a bit of a younger crop coming into Bowling Green that needs to learn the game a little more uh, before they can go on and regularly call the games. Uh, So we've seen that and the students, I think they're doing a great job, you know, just listening in and, you know, at times they've been doing some of the the road games remotely, kind of the new era broadcasting. Sometimes (laughs) you're doing those road games remotely. Uh, So and I've been focusing on the home games, but I also have my my duties uh, with basketball and and football too uh, going on. So if uh, basketball and hockey are kind of going on at the same time that I'm doing hockey, but uh, basketball keeps me pretty busy too uh, this time of year. <laughs> I believe it. Um, so how have things been for Bowling Green so far this season? I know it started off pretty rough and, you know, obviously all the stuff that dropped on the, what, the morning or the night before the uh, CCHA media day, um, but they kind of seem to have gotten through that. But as a team, how, how has the team been so far this year? 
Yeah, certainly shocking. You know, it was, it was such a, a different year. Uh, credit to our our new uh, staff, mm. our, our sports information staff. We have a new SID this year named Kenna is doing a, a great job kind of learning on the fly. Doesn't have a huge hockey background, uh, but our uh, our assistant went to Boise State and, and is an assistant there now. But David was the SID for the last two years. So getting Kenna up to date uh, with everything, that was a change. And then not being able to talk to Ty as regularly because he was away from the team. That was, that was strange. So there was, there was like a disconnect, you know, in many mm-hmm. ways. And it, it was a really strange time um, just with how quickly it all kind of went down. Uh, but, but ultimately as you would expect, you know, it, it was, it was a tough start and, you know, being down uh, several players um, at the start was, was tough uh christian stover i know was out for a couple games then was back and now is is out again uh, a little dinged up so that's tough in terms of the goalie depth uh, but one of the things that has been important the last two weeks uh, we saw ethan scardina and seth fight and come back and of course their leadership is so huge for this team but also scoring ability physicality uh, they bring so much to this team and so them coming back in the uh, the road lake state series now almost 2 weeks ago and then making an impact at home against northern michigan this past weekend it seems like you know even throughout all of the turmoil that was the start of the season this team's really starting to get its legs underneath them and and there's just so many young players. I mean, it's such a, a different team this year. You've had, you know, Schneider uh, is gone, graduated. You have uh, Burke, Nathan Burke is gone now and graduated. You had uh, Rose, uh, of course, in goal who was dinged up, but still was was an experienced player, you know, a guy who had been in the program several years. He's gone, of course, now too. And so there's just so many new faces and so many freshmen, but but I would say they're really starting to gel and and trying to figure out how to consistently play uh, at a high level. Uh, like the last two weeks, strong outings on Friday, uh, you know, got the win at Lake State on, on Friday, fell in overtime the Saturday game. Uh, and then this past weekend, scored five in the third to beat Northern on Friday. A big result for the Falcons there, but but lost two to nothing on Saturday. So trying to get that consistency uh, is, is going to be key. But this team seems to be rounding into form uh, as we go along here. They looked a little shell-shocked. It was a, certainly a different team in that first CCHA series against St. Thomas. Yeah, they've what split the last oh mm-hmm. three of the last four. It looks like with mm-hmm. the, with that St. Thomas series in the middle there. <clears throat> it does. Um, yeah, I was, I was surprised to see you know um you know just looking at the stats between them and Tech and you know they both have you know two guys with like seven plus goals. Um, it seems like they're they're doing okay on offense. I guess like like they're certainly hitting that three goal mark more often than Tech has so far this year. Um. So has it been more of a a defensive issue for them and and the goaltending? You said the the one goalie's injured. Scoring was certainly an issue uh, up until okay. really that Lake State series. Uh, the offense okay. had struggled to gel. Um, I would say it's very much improved. You know, you had the five goal output against Lake State, and then they scored I think three in the overtime loss. Uh, the the next night uh, that was the previous weekend so then you you bounce back they did get shut out on Saturday in their last game but they had six 
uh, in the game on Friday night. So scoring has been an issue trying to get that power play going. The penalty kill has been phenomenal, uh, has been actually ranked uh, very highly, uh, even in terms of the national ranks. They were approaching top 10 uh, entering this last series uh, against Northern. So really the power play, trying to figure out what players gel the best uh, has been certainly something that they've been trying to to work on. And, and really they just didn't have – a ton of time to practice. It was a bit of a strange schedule uh, with playing a, a Saturday, Sunday, and then going to a Friday, Saturday uh, too. So they had a little less practice time and then they had less players than they were expecting to have to start the season. So uh, it's it's a combination of things, but, but ultimately the scoring I, I think is going to start picking up as these guys get more comfortable uh, playing with each other. Um, the goaltending, Cole Moore, I've been very impressed uh, with what he's been able to do, especially as a freshman. I, I feel like he is he's really grinded uh, in several key games uh, for Bowling Green to help them notch a couple wins. I think Christian Stover's been a bit up and down uh, when he's been in the lineup, maybe not quite to his form yet that we saw at times last year when he was really shutting teams down. Uh, so once they get him back, hopefully that's something that that consistency could grow for Christian Stover as well. But I really like uh, Cole Moore and what we've seen from him uh, so far has been uh, certainly impressive. He's, he's just grinding through it as a, as a freshman and, and making a big impact. <laughs> nice. You guys got any questions? Yeah. Listen, the, the penalty kill has been really good. It's the opposite of kind of how we were last year where we were flipped around the other way. Our PK was up near the top like your guys is and this year we're not doing so hot. I think our PK is bottom five in the country right now. But you guys are right there on the top uh top ten of the PK with that eighty six uh percent or like somewhere around there, right? Yeah, uh, we saw that number go up what, a little bit too, which is encouraging. What type of PK is it? Is it you know kind of a compact type box or are you guys chasing? What what are we can we expect to see? I would say a little bit of both. Uh, they would be chasing uh, in spots. I, I think they've mixed it up pretty nicely uh, to this point. It hasn't really been anything set. You know, in northern Michigan, they tend to crash a lot and, and they block a ton of shots. In fact, entering the series against BG, northern had the most blocked shots in the country. Uh, so I, I would say in many ways, Bowling Green, especially on Friday, kind of took a page out of their book and was able to succeed in blocking some timely shots and helping keep some of those golden opportunities away from Cole Moore with great effort ahead of them. Now, the one power play goal that you'll notice uh, the Falcons uh, in that second period on Saturday had a couple opportunities where they couldn't quite clear uh, they had one clear blocked and then they got it to the blue line, but not out in a, a five on three situation. And Northern scored with three seconds left in that in that five on three after Bowling Green had come up empty. In fact, on the power play earlier in the second period, they had a five on three of their own for over a minute and a half could not score. And Northern Michigan was able to, to get a key marker there and extend uh, the lead. Uh, so. I would say expect a little bit of both, uh, but I'm very curious to see how much that series in particular watching Northern and, and what they do with crashing a lot, trying to load up in the middle and how effective they are blocking shots. If that's kind of a direction Bowling Ring goes going forward, it could be. And the other crazy stat, obviously you guys scored the five unanswered. 
but those five unanswered looked like they were on six shots total. Yeah. <laughs> was it that <laughs> lopsided of a, or was it just that, you know, it was four, four to six shots in the third period in that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was get, incredible. That's uh, doing the quick math at the top of my head. That's a pretty decent uh, percentage there. Right. I mean, what are we? Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah it was percent. Uh, yeah, it was, it was quite a flurry. It really started with a, a Brody waters, a breakaway. Uh, he had a, a phenomenal shot uh, th- there. He just snuck one past uh, Glockner was starting that night for Northern. And then they went with Halas on Saturday. Uh, but one of the shots actually went off the boards uh, from Gustav Sternberg. It actually hit off the boards and uh, it went right off the backside of Glockner and in. So it was a low shot. And so sure. got some assistance <laughs> there. Uh, they certainly will take the break, uh, but that was a power play goal. Uh, there for Schoenberg uh, to make it four to two. Uh, they had a, a nice shot in the middle from from Seth Fighton as well, which which added on a uh, great shot there. And, and he also had an empty netter. So I guess uh, as efficient of a period as we've seen all year from the Falcons. But but that is hopefully a sign of things to come that this team can, you know, really find a way to produce uh, offensively. That's certainly something they're going to need to do uh, going forward. And I think as they, you know, get more comfortable with their lines and, and getting everyone back the way that they were hoping to get that depth and build it up, um, they're they're going to have more success offensively. So I'm excited to see how that kind of all pans out for, for BG on that front. Yeah, as a – a really low shot total for a game. I mean, 21 to 22, you usually see one team around that amount, but not both teams there. So it must've been a lot of back mm-hmm. and forth, mm-hmm. even though the, it was a high scoring game. So uh, it's interesting to see just that, that low of a shot count. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Saturday night's game looks like, you know, kind of similar, just nothing's going in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Saturday night in particular, uh, there was a, a lot of up and down, not much really happened at all in the first period, but, but if you're thinking from the Bowling Green perspective, could they have, you know, if they came out with a little more jump, a little more energy, could they have potentially seize the lead and then ultimately be in a in a better spot uh, to to try and win that game potentially? But Northern didn't really have a ton of jump either in that first period on Saturday night. And then, of course, the for the second night in a row, you have a, a bit of a mistake on, on the power play. A pass is blocked. It leads into a breakaway and a goal for, for Northern Michigan uh, to, to give them the lead. And then ultimately uh, you had the the five on three goal as well, which certainly hurt uh, Bowling Green. But, but I know that they played a lot better in that third period. Nothing went in, uh, but the energy level was more where they wanted it to be in the third period. And they pressed Northern pretty effectively. They just couldn't get anything by, by Benny Halas. That's the thing, you know, it's been an up and down year for him so far, but he looked like the goaltender that we saw at the end of the regular season last year when Northern Michigan secured home ice by beating Bowling Green two times uh, at the slate four two <laughs> in the last weekend uh, series of the regular season. He looked to be back to that form. Uh, so it, it was intriguing to to kind of talk through with with Garrett, Northern Michigan's broadcaster, on his progression, kind of how they got to that point between Glockner and Halaz, uh, because Halaz was the goalie to start the year, but then 13 goals against Duluth, the opening series of the weekend, you certainly, you know, think of think of other options potentially, and Glockner has gotten a lot more time since then. 
So unrelated to just Bowling Green, more on the play-by-play side of things, what what does your prep look like to do in a game? How do you how do you get ready to you know not butcher people's names and make sure yeah. everything's all good <laughs> on the broadcast? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it can be tough, you know, studying those line charts uh, for quite some time is, is key. Uh, try to talk with the the opposing SIDs as well. Uh, there's there can be a lot of challenging names, uh, so you do have to be cognizant uh of that uh i know at first look i was trying to say pietala a different way and uh <laughs> at first there's like three of them uh so you better not butcher that one so i i uh, got some assistance on that before you know before the broadcast uh but but ultimately yeah then you have the the cool names in the league like one of the best names you're gonna probably hear is viking gustafson nyberg uh, for, <laughs> right. for northern michigan defensively pretty that sweet. Is a hockey name. we uh, we were talking about it on the broadcast that is a that is a definite hockey name so that's key uh you know just if you can run through the names with with the opposing uh sid or broadcaster is is critical because they're they're going to know more than anyone uh but also you know in in your research if you're just kind of looking at backgrounds, if someone was in the USHL, kind of look at some highlights, see how how they're what they're calling them, how that name's being pronounced. Uh, that's that's key too, uh, part of the initial research leading up to the weekend. Did you do your your broadcasts with a, a color partner, or are you uh, you on your own when you mm-hmm. do them? Yeah, we do have an analyst. Uh, a lot of times, it, it is former Bowling Green hockey players. Uh, that we have uh, there. We had a, a former coach, a couple former coaches as well have helped out on the, uh, on the broadcast. And so that's, that's a lot of fun too, uh, to get their insight and they're, they're so knowledgeable on the program, but they're also so knowledgeable on the, the history of, you know, the CCHA back in the days. So it's, it's really cool to pick their brains on that uh, back in the day of, what it was like uh and you know back in their playing days or back in their coaching days what was this rivalry like between tech and bowling green at that time or northern and bowling green it was a lot of fun nice yeah it's always fun to, to hear the different ones i'm not one of the guys that syncs up uh uh syncs up dirk to the awakens we're, we're blessed with dirk for sure up here at tech mm-hmm. uh and uh, a lot of folks on our discord and a lot of folks that are listening will We'll uh, mute you guys who are the home announcers yeah. and try to sync Dirk up to the play, <laughs> yeah. right? So understandable. Not, not, yeah. Nothing against the the, the home uh, the home broadcasters. We just we just like uh, and know Dirk well, right? So mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I'm too lazy to do that myself. So I, I listen to the <laughs> I listen to whoever is doing it. Although I think I'll probably I, I'm going to try to actually make it down to Bowling Green for the first time this year myself and actually get in the rink. That's one of the ones I haven't hit yet uh, since we've Mom changed. Now. So, <laughs> so, it's a special uh, place. Give it a shot here. <laughs> I got yeah. enough airline miles. Might might fly free to Detroit and drive from there. <laughs> Let me know if you do end up going, Rob, because uh, my uh, soon-to-be in-laws are from uh, Finley. So, oh, yeah. yeah. That's, yeah that's so the, I that's, have a nice little place to post up when I go to Bowling Green. I do actually know where that is <laughs> because I have gone there for <laughs> basketball. <laughs> they did used to very have close. a hockey team. They uh, did. Not, that's very, not very good, but they did have that's one. That's where our former captain came from. <laughs> a lot of, lot of high school. Fatavangia. Fatavangia was from there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the Finley Trojans, the hockey team, they are they are very diehard down there. Bowling Green, their high school has a, has a great – uh, rich tradition as well. Uh, so the Northwest Ohio, it's pretty cool to to take in some of the high school games as well because a lot of teams have 
uh, been very competitive throughout the years and and had a lot of success in the in the tournament. So it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, that is cool. And I mean, whether we want to admit it or not, there's some cultural bleed in that part of the world between the state line there. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I grew up less than a mile from the Michigan line. So in many ways, you know, in the Toledo Uh, boundary land. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, When I was when I was glad we're glad we traded your homeland for the UP. (laughs) I was actually watching another video on that. Like we know a lot of the history of it. But um, one of the things that was cool is that when I was uh. When I was a kid over in the Detroit area, um, my parents got a uh, season pass for the Detroit Zoo, and when you do that, it also works for the Toledo Zoo. So <laughs> there, there was, so there was so like one day we just went down there just for the heck of it. So that was fun. The Toledo Zoo is a must uh, visit, and especially this time of year as well with the lights before Christmas going on, it is a uh, it's a must visit. Yeah, for I it's been a long time since I've been there. But what I remember, it was the first class place to go. Mm-hmm. Excellent zoo, excellent yeah. place to go. So you, so you bring, about. Go ahead, Matt. I was going to say. So to bring it back to hockey for a second. Um, so we've <laughs> kind of touched on like it's it's been a turbulent start. Like it's just just it, and like with the way everything dropped before the season happened, it actually I actually am kind of impressed with how Bowling Green has been showing up like week after week mm-hmm. and starting to put together a few wins here. Um, what do you think are going to be some keys to success for the Falcons uh, going forward and to try to keep that momentum going? Oh, certainly. I mean, gaining consistency is going to be the main thing for this team. I know just in talking a little bit with with Ethan Scardina, who was out for the first several weeks of the season as part of that turmoil, uh, if you will, uh, that he's still just trying to get his legs under him. So this Bowling Green team you know, has been – in several theories now uh, to this point in the season, but they're still trying to figure things out because they've not had the full roster uh, available, not gelling at the same level to this point. And so, especially when you have a ton of young players like they do this year, it's, it's, it's just so different because they had so many experienced players uh, throughout the, the previous years that are no longer there, but, but all in all too, some additions that have been very key uh, for this team, like Spencer Kirsten uh, has come in and he has been a, a factor. He's a leader. Owen Ozar uh, has a lot of experience as well. That's what Bowling Green needs to help with uh, all this youth uh, right now that's on the roster. And certainly it seems like this locker room is together. You know, they, they are focused. They are figuring things out and just trying to, to ultimately bring that energy every night. You know, one thing that I'm encouraged about, at least, you know, in previous years, it seemed like Bowling Green would struggle to have that energy on Friday nights. They'd come out flat. They would lose a lot of Friday night games and come back and maybe salvage a split with a win on Saturday. But we've all kind of seen the opposite, at least for a very small sample size, the last two weeks where they come out, they played with the energy that they were hoping to have on Friday night and maybe didn't have that same process going into Saturdays. So where you know you're going to get the other team's best, especially if you've won that first night, that first weekend week game game of the series. So I'm interested to see kind of what this team takes from the previous two series, because for me, this team was just not completely different, but very different from what we saw 
against St. Thomas. And St. Thomas is much improved. I was very impressed with the Tommies and how they were playing. But, but Bowling Green, I think, took a lot of strides uh, just with having two guys back in particular with Scardina and fighting uh, against Lake State and then ultimately coming back and, and facing Northern Michigan. Um, the ability for this team uh, to, to have those two back, I think they were able to ultimately – more match the physicality of Northern Michigan because those two were in the lineup. I was maybe a little concerned that with the younger players, they wouldn't be able to to quite match that uh, against a, a caliber of a Wildcats team like they have um, without those two. But certainly, those two being back in particular helped a lot. This was a uh, this was a different team this weekend, and so now getting that power play up and going the way they want to. Uh, is going to be huge. And then, although one of those storylines is going to be, well, Morris played very well, as, as we discussed a little bit earlier, when Stover's back and, and available, is that is it going to be back to Stover and Nat all the time, or is it going to be a, a mixture? I, I would say Cole has earned at least a night every weekend because of the way he has played, and especially uh, gutting it out uh, every series for this team with, with Christian not being able to play. Sure. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Are you in the market for insurance? Have your rates for home, auto, boat, or more been increasing way beyond inflation? If so, maybe it's time you spoke with Aaron Piedela and the team at Arcadia Insurance Group, serving Michigan, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, and more. Who better to serve you than a former Michigan Tech player? For more information, call 866-511-1069 or go to ArcadiaAgency.com. Fibke Dental is a general dentistry practice located in downtown Rhinelander, Wisconsin, home of the Hodag. Look online at FibkeDental.com or find them on Facebook. They do pain-free dentistry for kids, adults, people that went to great schools, and people that ended up at Northern Michigan. Stop in and say hi between 8 and 5 and tell them THG sent you. That is F-I-E-B-K-E dental.com. Uh, Kevin, back back to more Bowling Green hockey-centric. As the play-by-play guy, one of the things I guess tech fans have kind of noticed over the years is that this has kind of become a pretty big rivalry for Michigan Tech and Bowling Green. What's your perspective as being the home play-by-play guy is of who, how the different teams rank for like uh, rivalries for Bowling Green and hockey? Oh, for sure. You know, I would say Michigan Tech's pretty, pretty high up there, uh, especially with regards to, I mean, the the recent events and now especially <laughs> this. I mean, it could be an even larger rivalry depending on who you ask uh, at BG. But yeah, I mean, in terms of traditional rivalries, Ferris State's always a special one. And and in the playoffs last year, Ferris really has struggled throughout the years. Uh, they really have 
BG's gotten the best of them uh, in many cases, including in the postseason. And and Ferris, that was a huge step for them to go down to BG last year and, and win the way they did uh, in overtime in game two to advance to the second round. Uh, so that's that certainly has heightened uh, this rivalry quite a bit. I know uh, for from the Bowling Green perspective, there's always the uh, – the the matchup with Ohio State it's always a sellout uh, when it's in BG it's always a very special uh, game uh, to that community in particular and of course you get off uh, quite a few Ohio State fans to come uh, as well uh, so that's that's ranked pretty highly you know facing Western Michigan it seems like BG right now only is playing maybe Western or Miami not really both um during the season um but yeah the western games uh, the home and homes always intriguing too those are more out of the conference but yeah northern with the way they've played and winning so many of the recent matchups between the two programs northern's been a a bane in the side for bg uh as of late (laughs) uh so so that's certainly for i'm sure falcon fans has been frustrating to face the wildcats of late because they've they've done so well that series is essentially dead even i think northern's now up 60 59 11 uh after after winning saturday night uh in that series so it's so close uh <laughs> lake state of course when you look at traditional rivalries too uh lake state is, is struggling a, a bit again but but ultimately we'll we'll see how that pans out because bg will play lake state uh down in in bg later this year so it's cool to to kind of follow all those rivalries, but yeah, there's a bit of an edge uh, to to Michigan Tech or Northern Michigan coming to play at BG. It's it's always a, a fun weekend uh, to to see those two teams face off. And Northern, as you would expect, traveled very well this weekend. There was no students, no band uh, in BG, so it was strange from that perspective. Um, but the the crowd on Friday night was exceptional. The crowd on Saturday was okay, but but Northern traveled very well, and I would say Michigan Tech travels well also. So um, it's it's a lot of fun to see the banter, you know, from afar too between it uh, <laughs> between the fans. It's a good time, and I love every time that that uh, video pops up of uh, oh, the that game winner against Bowling gift. Green and the goalie just, the, just being the sad, pure, and then the whole the pure cloud sadness of Tech and the players pure skating excitement. over. Slowly, yeah, it's such a such a great moment uh, from a tech perspective, anyway. Yes. So, uh, so what being the home te- or being the road team this weekend? I got to get my facts straight here. What What are your thoughts for Bowling Green going into Houghton itself in the series itself? Yeah, I mean, Michigan Tech's coming off a, a very impressive series to to go to Mankato and play the way they did, win in overtime, then win on Saturday night. Uh, so BG certainly expecting to to have another very difficult series uh, coming up uh, on the road, and it always is. Um, but but with this team rounding into shape, you know you hope to to go up there and steal one. And I think maybe a couple weeks ago this team wouldn't maybe have the confidence to come up and and maybe steal a game. But I I feel that they're really rounding into shape, and, and they could ultimately come up and and play a strong series. CCHA to me, you know, is, is very exciting. It's it's very open this year. I think there's a, a lot of teams that can climb to the top. I think BG, I mean, Tech's already at the top, but I think if BG gets on, on the right role, they can, you know, maybe host a playoff series as well. You know, there's so much season to go. But I feel like, especially the way they played on the road a couple of weeks ago, Lake State's a different team than Michigan Tech, for sure. But, 
but ultimately if you're able to play with that energy level go up and and match it for two nights uh, up in Houghton, you feel pretty good about maybe winning one of those games. I feel like BG should be encouraged going into this series. Yeah, I'm excited to see how it goes. You know, Michigan Tech finally got a, uh, that's their first sweep of the year, right? No, no, they swept uh, Augustana too, correct? Yeah, correct. Augustana was sweep. Um, so, I mean, it's it's nice to see Tech finally turning the corner after their rough start. And uh, <clears throat> the most interesting thing, obviously, I think is kind of the, well, Besides the potential drama Matt brought up about the Swinkler situation maybe impacting how this game, this series gets played, even if he's not involved in the game itself, is the special teams. And it's like good power play versus good penalty kill and bad power play versus bad penalty kill and see who actually wins those special team battles when it's bad versus bad and good versus good for the for the matchups there. Um you know, hopefully Michigan Tech can can uh, find some power play uh, success and and stifle Bowling Green and and the other thing that that can come from all of that is, you know, generally speaking, I think the series has traditionally been um, like there've been some really good games, but it also seems like it it's prone to have penalties called, and mm-hmm. so to have that much specialty time in a in a couple games, uh, you know could really favor whoever, you know, shows up in that aspect. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see who takes advantage of those opportunities this weekend. I would certainly agree. I mean, both team, both power play units and PK units need to be at their best. And I think BG feels okay about where they're at right now, but they know they have a, a long way to go in terms of execution, especially on the power play, because the PK has been closer to where they want it to be. But, but yeah, they have a lot of steps to make uh, in terms of gelling and coming together on that power play unit and and ultimately just keeping consistent offense going because the, the team, as we mentioned, they've struggled to score, you know, this year at times, especially early, especially before some of the guys started to trickle back into the lineup. And I know it's a completely dumb stat, but I always look at CHN's tail of the tape thing where it compares everything, right? I don't think we could have a more closely average height and average weight for this weekend, even though it means <laughs> absolutely no difference. <laughs> the average height is 60.14 versus 60.13 with an average weight of 186.7 and 186.5. I- yeah, I checked the other ones to see if that was, you know, an outlier or maybe just that's that's the general average for college hockey. No, it's just really strangely even. Oh, is it? Okay, because <laughs> I, I thought maybe it went back to what uh, we talked about with Austin last week about how everybody's like that five exact height. Six, yeah, two, like one seventy-five to one ninety-five. Nope, nope. This is just it's these two teams in the league apparently are the exact same size. <laughs> <laughs> They're like the same age within like 40 days for average. Too. I mean, it's close there that's too. Crazy. It's 22 years and two months and 22 years and three months. So that's, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> it doesn't end up being that crazy. even against uh, any of the other teams after looking there, the rest, there's, there's some variation there, but you know, it's, it's one of the few series I think in the new CCHA that's, that's tended not to go text way though, uh, over the last couple of years. I mean, you look at a lot of the head-to-head results when you do the comparing the tape stuff on CHN's website, and they they tend to skew our way over the last few years. And you guys seem to be uh, one of them that that doesn't do that. It, it's a really even, well fought uh, games usually. So they're ones I always look forward to watching because they do always seem to have that little bit of 
chippy edginess to them that, that makes them fun to watch. So I'm yeah, BG had a big win in Houghton last year, uh, as it kind of helped them secure home ice, especially considering the way they finished with the losing back to back games to end against Northern Michigan. That win early in February against against Tech was huge yeah, in submitting Carney, the home playoff too, right? series for BG. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm almost positive that was Correct. the Carney weekend, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, yeah. So it's th- those are ones where it's even tougher to come into Houghton and win a game, and they they managed to do it so it, it's uh, they're good series they're fun to watch and i'm looking forward to seeing them in person we'll be back coleman houghton this weekend so yeah, i can't wait to see how it all uh unfolds and if bg can keep that momentum especially on fridays going uh the way they have the last couple weeks i hope not to see that but <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't mind it <laughs> all right so we got two questions for you questions sure yeah we got two questions for you from our our discord followers who for the most part are patrons on their patreon but uh woogie would like to know would you rather have french dressing on a ranch or ranch dressing while speaking french probably ranch dressing while speaking french <laughs> although i don't know a lick of french but yeah. <laughs> so he doesn't like ranches got it all right <laughs> and this is more of a statement for you that um uh, I will let Paul G do the ripping. That's not your brother, right? That's no, that is my guy. brother. Oh, is no, that's okay. my brother. I thought, your, I thought your brother was somebody else. Or is there also a Paul on our? There's a, there's a dude that's just Paul, and it's okay. my understanding that that guy is like a pretty recent grad, like younger than me. Okay. And then there's Paul G. That is. Uh, that so is here we brother, go throwing yeah. your throwing your brother under the bus. Your brother <laughs> has more of a statement for you. Yeah. Um, would you be able to bottle up some enthusiasm and send it to the Minnesota State broadcasters? <laughs> i could do my best yes you know i did i did call the, you know I, I, to to give some perspective on this because you know my my philosophy is especially being like a ccha tv broadcast yeah i'm employed by bg um yeah i went there uh that's that's who i root for but at the same time i i do have a, an obligation to try and, and portray uh, some excitement uh, for the other team i'll tell you i mean internally that game winner uh, for ferris state in overtime was was gut-wrenching as a fan you know <laughs> last year yeah. bg's great season's coming to an end right here in overtime it's gut-wrenching but but I did my best to to throw a great call because I know plenty of Ferris people and plenty of CCHA people are probably watching an overtime game with that much on the line. Um, it, it was a cool moment in that regard. And yeah, even if it's the team you tend to to support, uh, you, you got to try and, and make the most of, of a special moment. And so I hope for, for Ferris's sake, because you know, Harrison's call was all over the place and rightfully so it should be, <laughs> uh, but, but I hope I did, I did that uh, some justice last year because uh, I, I know I got excited for it and it was a really special moment for their program, even if it was, you know, a, a gut wrenching moment for BG. Sure. And I, that's one of the things you'll find is that most of the folks that, uh, that watch and listen, you know, to, to pod the podcast and that we all have flow subscriptions and the vast majority of us are bouncing around games on Friday and Saturday nights <laughs> yeah. to see what other hockey is going on. The discord is, is always got activity. We've got folks from, from multiple schools in there talking you know, as, as the games are going on. So it's not just tech fans. It's around the league. You know, we we're, <laughs> we're all a big fan of, of hockey in general and knowing what's going on. 
Yeah, and our fans of other schools are like really knowledgeable and really respectful too. I, I have a, I have liked what they've added to the conversation as well. There's a yeah. guy who's been there. We we do have a Bowling Green fan who likes to pop in, gives us some good information now and again. He's been cool. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, oh, it's sure. been a, it's been a great little spot for everyone to hang out. And Kevin, if you'd like to join up or any of our listeners who haven't heard me say this before, if you just go to Tech Hockey Guide slash discord there's an unlimited forever invite on that link that'll just pop up and you can join the uh that channel um on your computer or um device um harrison and perry are in there if it if it helps yeah to get in there at all perry is one of my favorite guys on our discord just i love it the, because he's there his dry and... humor is the best no, I will but not I lo- do that for you. My favorite joke about Perry is that if, you, if you want to piece together who he is, it's pretty easy. But I like how most of us just leave it for others to piece together who he is. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then I love that. Um... It's like Roberto Luongo on Twitter. Like, you could piece it together pretty easy, but no one outwardly says it. I love how <laughs> half awesome. the Discord followers took my, my comment about... Uh, huddle finally listening and getting the instat stuff done quickly for our games i think they've i think they've basically decided that it appears that they have taken it uh taken to heart your last complaints matt and actually like put michigan tech towards the top of the list of college hockey games to get done that is so fun and because since you did it it's been like 48 hours or less hasn't it Shout out to Jose, my rep. He's been awesome <laughs> because it's not because a lot of it has been, you know, on the schools for getting it there. But one of our problems with Instat is that if they're going to charge us as much as they do, we would like to be getting our information in a prompt manner. So I, I laid on him a couple of suggestions, starting with uh, if schools are going to partner with you and they don't give you their information on time, they should get a fine and then it should be refunded to the people that are looking to access that data. And it seems as though. They like that suggestion and they've been putting our data <laughs> in faster. So I'm happy with them. So, way to go. Uh, way to yeah. go, Huddle. Way to go, Instat. Thank you yeah. for what you do, Jose. Yeah, we went Speaking from like over Instat, 100 hours right? to get it done to like 48 hours or less the last three games, I think. We'll see if, I don't know if uh, Saturday's game is up yet. I haven't seen that posted by. Yeah, I know. JZ I know Augie usually does his article and because of how slow it was, he was just dumping the graphs and a little talking point. Yeah, it's going back a little bit in the season for us because how old the graphs were. But holy crap, does the New York instat graphs hurt to look at? <laughs> the expected goal stuff, <laughs> the XG in the St. Lawrence game, where we just like rocket shot up to you know we should have five ish goals instead yeah. of the two, and then the Clarkson game is the same way. Clarkson's yeah. got their three goals with an XG of you know one. Where mm-hmm. we're sitting at an XG of three and a half by the end of the game. Yeah. Those are no, two games stuff. that should have gone the other way according to the stats, but you know. But, but what I was laughing uh, at was me saying yeah, me saying something on the on our Discord about they finally listened. Was somebody took me saying that as confirmation that Joe's in our Discord following along and he's the one that's making it happen faster. And I'm like, no. We complain directly to the company we're paying a bunch of money to, and they're finally doing something about it, hopefully, at least. Because it, you know, one of the complaints was always that Minnesota State is one of the biggest slackers on getting the stuff to Instat, right? And that, and yet we had Friday's game yesterday, I believe. So I haven't seen Saturday's game yet, but the day's not over. It hasn't been 48 hours yet. So, um, yeah, so that's been cool to see. 
uh, that that stuff's getting better. And then, you know, our Discord's fun. We talk about a lot of different topics. Uh, we used to just have a pro hockey channel, but we can't have that anymore because Matt and I can't get along talking about the wild. And It is not just you that I don't get other. along with, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> fair. Uh, I think if you, if you and I were not there, there could be a pro hockey channel. I'm a little surprised we don't have a Blackhawks sub channel. I just don't think enough of us care about them to be negative about them enough. There's, to, not, uh, well, there's not the oil and water situation happening yeah, for those yeah. fan bases is what you're saying. Yep. And it's really only Matt and his complete disdain for the wild. Um, well, yeah, thanks for joining us, Kevin. It's been great catching up or talking to you for the first time. Thanks, guys. I appreciate yep. you having me. Yep. Thanks yeah, for thanks, coming Kevin. on. Nice to have you. you. Enjoy the games this weekend. Hopefully not Thank as much you. as we do. Yeah. <laughs> One minute remaining Absolutely. in the podcast. <laughs> Well, that should do it for this episode of the Chasing McNaughton podcast. Please check out our Patreon and join by visiting patreon.com slash techhockeyguide. Like our newest patron, Red Ridge, uh, did earlier this month. Patrons that are white level or above get question priority. Patrons that are black level or above receive extra podcast content, including extended versions of every podcast. Patrons at the gold level or above receive access to unfiltered YouTube video of our podcast each, each week. Uh, we also have a silver level that gets you the raw audio video uh, audio as soon as I get it up, which is usually uh, right after it's done uh, pot processing or the following morning, depending on how tired I am. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Chasing MacPod or at Tech Hockey Guide. You can submit questions through Twitter, Facebook, or our Patreon page. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you can't find the podcast on your site of choice, please let us know. We'll make it happen. The more you rate and review and share, the more people we can reach. So tell your friends. If you give us a five-star rating, Dustin will read the review. You leave no matter what it says. So let's get some ratings and see what you guys have to say. Once again, thanks to our sponsors, Fibke Dental in Rhinelander, Wisconsin, Arcadia Insurance, which covers all the Midwest for home, auto, and boat-type insurance, and I'm sure more and Livonia Technical Services. Finally, thanks to the Thank You Notes for all the bumpers in this this week's episode. If you like what you hear, check them out at the thankyounotes.bandcamp.com. been listening to the chasing mcnaughton podcast presented by tech hockey guide covering the michigan tech huskies and the ccha